Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I got an exciting show for you today. Uh, This show came about because, man, Thursday, Friday, all I was hearing about is lending changing. Lenders weren't bringing money over. The, you know, what what was working so smoothly for years wasn't, and people were nervous and scared. So I reached out to my network. I found the man I know, trust, and respect, and he's been on the show I think twice already. So this will be number three. Let's welcome Bo Eckstein to the show. How you doing, Bo? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here. I uh, recently moved to uh, Las Vegas, actually Henderson, Nevada. Uh-huh. And enjoying the lifestyle here, cost of living is is awesome, and uh, good business climate here. So it's uh, it's a great place to be. Although we're stuck indoors. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, folks. Uh, Bo, uh, when did you move to Vegas? In the last six months? Five months ago. Yeah, yeah five yeah. six months ago. Yep. Yeah, and you're and you're a newlywed. You're you're newly married. Uh, three months or so. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So lots going on in your life. Uh, but let's talk about what happened. I'm going to call it last week, but you tell me if, it, if I'm wrong. It seems like a magnitude 10 or 11 earthquake went off in the lending arena and, and lots of things have changed. The market's not nearly as liquid as it used to be. Uh, it seems like a lot of hedge funds had to raise capital and go to cash and just a lot of noise. But why don't you tell me, you know, you're in the business and Frankly, I'm wrong all the time. So why don't you tell us what you experienced last week? Yeah, um, you pretty much nailed it. So essentially, in the private money world, especially, and I can also talk about non-QM loans. Non-QM loans are like, um, they're like the bank statement loans where people aren't using their tax returns. And that's more in the residential space, but they would securitize those and sell them off. Well, now there's no liquidity. Nobody's buying those. Um, so like the non QM loans are, are, are being halted pretty much. Um, it seems like across the board, there may be still some <laughs> lenders still funding them, but I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And then in my space, which is bridge lending and, and portfolio rental loans, uh, it's kind of the hard money, private money world. Um, you know, years ago it was mom and pop accredited funds, but over the last couple of years, institutional money rolled into it. And now there's actually a secondary market for that platform. Well, one of the, I'm not going to name names, but one of the biggest buyers uh, of these loans, they were buying 150 million a month. I just got an announcement on Tuesday or Wednesday that they're, they're halting all buying of loans. So local hard money lenders would, fund the loan and then sell to this group. There's a couple groups like that that are Mm -hmm. big players out there. So this one group in particular is not buying anymore, which means the localized private money guys are, they can't fund, right? They're like, you know, the majority of their, their buyers are not buying from them because uh, those buyers have buyers and those buyers aren't buying. So that's the problem, right? So there's Mm -hmm. the localized hard money lender that says I'm a direct lender. But what they're doing is they're funding with their own money or their warehouse line, and then they're selling to uh, these sex intermediate, these yep. middlemen 
And then the middlemen sell to Wall Street. And so Wall Street isn't buying. So, so the middleman's not buying. So the little private money lender can't originate the loan. Uh-huh. There are some still that are buying, but pretty much any of the, like the portfolio rental loans, they're halted right now. They're halted. And that's pretty much across the board. So um, bridge, bridge loans are still happening. Um, um, well, you, you know, know be, before we go there, I, as, you're, as you're walking through this, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, we just repeated 2008 in a different part of the market all over again, right? Having invested through 2008 uh, and watched the implosion, at least in residential real estate, a lot of what you just talked about now on a gargantuan scale, right? You're talking about what you're referring to here is probably a half a percent compared to what was happening in 08 with all the CDOs and all these other things that, you know, I still, it's the big short, right? Mm-hmm. You get these yeah. people selling mortgages to people that can't qualify because they get packaged up in something else and that gets bought and then that gets bought and then that gets bought. And then once the guy at the stop, you know, that stops buying or goes under, I mean, it just cascades down the chain. So uh, I'm not here to tell you it's the same scale. I don't want to scare anybody, but it is, it's funny how it kind of repeated itself. Do you see it the same way or am I missing something? You know, it's so hard because I, I'm getting so much mixed news. So, so I might get news from um, like, I jumped on uh, a podcast and the guy said that this is actually, we're going into a depression, not a recession. Uh, like a 1930s depression. Wow. And this guy seemed like he knew what he was talking about. And the person that interviewed him was very, very reputable. Okay. Um, so that was pretty concerning. Then I listened to uh, Bulletproof Coffee guy, Dave Asprey. Yeah. And he was talking about that, the overreaction. And he, it was just posted on Instagram, which I thought was very fascinating. I thought he had great points. So if I had to take all the information right now, what I'm dealing with and looking at, I would say is that we're in a recession, of course, um, and the market's definitely shifting. Um, there's still a short of, shortage of housing, which is like a contradiction to everything. So it's like there's yin and yang. So I think ultimately what's going to happen is that our last recession was like a, they say was a, like a bell curve. This mm-hmm. one people are saying it's going to be more like a V. Okay. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a V it's going to rebound quicker. But the question is, is it a six month rebound? Is it a three month rebound? Is it an 18 month rebound? And that's yeah. the question. Um, wow. So what can we do to prepare is, is the question. Well, one is, is that, you know, being in the lending business, I know how many people have so many hard money loans right now thinking that they have exits maybe if they were going to refinance as a rental or so um, those people are going to be stressed to the max, which there's going to be an uptick in, in in hard money foreclosures, obviously right now there's going to be a big uptick in that, I believe, which will create opportunities for investors to buy construction completion projects and things like that. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I'll talk to you about a deal that I'm, I'm buying personally. I, you know, I had to find a market where I could buy rentals and we, we talked about this prior. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to go out of state and I decided mm-hmm. to focus in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, which has its challenges in itself. But, mm-hmm. but I had a, I have a triplex in contract. Mm-hmm. And so I created a, a model called the bird 2.0. 
And okay. it, it's the first strategy just with my own little twist, twist. on it yep. to insulate me. So I, um, there was two or three other offers on the property. I ended up bidding the property up and we're going to laugh about the price, but it was uh, listed at 69. I bid it up to 79,000 for Woo. three units. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so, and then I did my home inspection cause I'm not there to do the walkthrough. I'm getting a full home inspection. I'm, you know, talking to property managers. I'm doing what I can because you gotta, when you're buying sight unseen, you gotta take certain risks. And uh-huh. so anyways, so I went back to him after the home inspection cause that needed more repairs. And I, went back and I said, listen, the most I can pay for this property is 62,500 because it's going to cost me more to fix the property. So 79 to 62. And this is during the, the last week as the economy is shifting, right? And right. I know. So he, he didn't want to budge. So then he came back and said, I'll do, um, you know, I'll do 72,000. And I said, no, he said, I'll do 75,000. So he came down 4,000. I said, listen, I'm not buying it there. Listen, I'll make you one more offer and I'm done because I'm, um, you know, the market shifting and I know. So I, I offered 69,500. He still came back at 72,000. And I said, no, I'm done. I'm, you know, I set my, I put my, you know, yeah. set my feet in place and said, no, I'm not doing it. And so he finally came back and said, okay, I'll sell it because he knows that I'm taking on the risk of, so it's a three unit building, two units are in place or two tenants are in place already. So from day one, I'm breaking even or cash flowing about $113 a okay. month. Yeah. Um, with my hard money loan, because I'm doing a fix and flip loan, 85% of the purchase, 100% of the repair costs. So I have to come in with 15%. So that's 10,400 mm-hmm. plus closing costs, 5,000. So I'm coming in with 15 grand. So um, for me, I looked at it as it's a great burr because the future value is 100. The future value appraisal is 125,000. Okay. So I'll be all in at 72% loan to value. It's right in the burr kind of matrix. So I knew it was a good deal. So once I get, once I rehab the top unit, put a tenant in, I'm at $1,600 a month gross rent. I refinance, you know, five, six months from now. And my net cash flow is probably, you know, five fifty dollars to $600 on that building okay. with not getting all my money back out. Yep. So if you can do deals like that, I think keep those coming because I'm not looking to flip it. I'm looking to retain and add three doors at a time or one door at a time, right? <laughs> so I think as I talk to most investors, that's kind of the model like to create true wealth in, in a non-scary way is to buy yeah. and fix and hold and refinance and reposition. Yeah. The scary part is, is in six months from now, what if the market's halted completely and I'm not able to take out this hard money loan, right? So that's yeah. when you got to think, you know, think about things, but yeah. So the market we're in right now, so I'm still doing fix and flip loans. So let me just give you my guidelines before the uh, coronavirus. Yeah. We would land up to 90% of purchase and 100% of repair costs. Gross loan amount not to exceed 70% of the ARV. Okay. Okay. So we get a future value appraisal based on the scope of work. My loan can't go above 70%. Uh, gross loan amount. If you're a seasoned borrower, meaning you've done five deals, five exits in the last two years, I can go as high as 90% of purchase and hundred percent of repair costs. Okay. So how things are changing daily right now, obviously. Yeah. So, so right now, this is what I'm looking at lending on in this fix and flip space. 
I will, I'm going to take a 5% haircut on LTV allowances. So if I could have done 90 for you, cause you're a five of five borrower, meaning you're an all-star borrower. I want you, you're the best. You're the cream of the crop. I would normally go up to 90% of purchase. Now I'm going to go to 85% of purchase and hundred percent of re repair costs. But the other thing I'm doing too, is I'm also taking on the feature value appraisal. I'm taking a 5% haircut off of that. So if, mm. if the appraised value is, you know, hundred thousand, I'm going to take 5% off the, the back end appraisal. So those, so those are our safeguards right now. This might change tomorrow, but I'm saying as of Sunday, that the other thing I'm doing right now on this loan is, is, is I want six months of prepaid interest up front. And that's so, new. You didn't do that before. No, no. Before you just go make interest only payments. So for right now, that's what I'm doing. That might change at the end of the week, but for now that's the guidelines. So it's making the loan safer for us and for mm -hmm. you, the borrower. Yeah. So, uh, and again, like if this was going to change sometime next week, it's going to be even more conservative, not back to where it was, right? It'll go from 85% for a five star to 80. It's, it's trending that direction. Or do you, are you, or does part of you think, you know what, this is an overreaction next week. We'll be back to 90%. Well, I mean, if a good chunk of these lenders are selling their paper off these, mm -hmm. these, these um, small private lenders, you call them or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them. And if there's no market for them, then they're not, they're out of business right now. So there's a good amount that are just like, we're not lending period. Like mm -hmm. I, I, my, my good friend works for a fund and, and he's not lending period mm -hmm. right now. Cause he sells to a lender that's halting completely or okay. a buyer that's halting completely. So for the next two weeks, he says, we're not doing any loans. And even if they're in process, we're done. They're done. We can't do them. Ah, okay. Period. Period. Yep. So there you're getting, you're getting a lot of uh, movement in the marketplace like that. Yeah. So, so, so what I heard last week is true. There are lots of people that have been through the process. We're on the doorstep to close. And if you didn't, if you didn't record money got pulled, right? That happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rental loans, pretty much, are 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 uh, on hold right now in the portfolio space. Uh, now, what, now, so let's just define rental loans, portfolio space. That may be words that people don't know. So why don't you just why don't you outline what that is, and then why you think it went on hold? Okay, so traditionally, hard money was just like one year bridge loans. Yep. And now that everything got institutionalized, we started doing thirty year loans yep. we started doing and our rates are competitive you got rates in the low fives which if you're not qualifying from an income standpoint yeah. and it's the loans made to your llc it's not a bad deal yeah, no. okay yeah. um that's how i i refinance all my rentals right because personally my tax returns don't show that much positive it shows a lot of movement but at the end of the day we we show losses or, you know, very yeah. small amount of income, right? That's why you're a real estate investor. Yes. Um, but in the same token, we pay a little bit higher interest costs because yeah, of course. It. So, so we got to, you got to understand the game you're playing in and that's okay with me. Mm -hmm. So, so now we have these loan products where we do a five-year fix, a seven-year fix, a 10-year fix, a 30-year fix, all amortized over 30-year loans or 30 years. So we had a whole... So all these loans end up in the same place. They all get securitized, right? Yeah. And then they get sold. But now there's nobody buying these securitizations. So those rental programs are non-existent right now. Non-existent, right zero, no, nothing done. 
unless it's a bank that does a portfolio loan. But I've, and I'm yeah. talking just in, yeah, in yeah. our space, you know, these big these big hard money lenders that you see advertising rental loans all over. Yeah. There's a couple big platforms. So most of them, when it's not their money, are not going to be lending at all right now. So so like you know, there's a lot of portfolio loans. So for example, you could, you could say, Bo, I want to refinance these 30 single family properties I own in Fresno. Mm -hmm. And before I would do, I could do a blanket loan, one loan on all 30 properties. Those right. loans, nobody, they can't sell right now. Hmm. There's no, so they're all halted. Now, will it be a week? Will it be a month? Will it be six months? Will it be 18 months? I don't know. How about, but, let me just, let's hold on, Bo, real quick. So you can't do the whole, let's just say 10 houses versus 30. Right. If I would have called you two months ago, I had 10 free and clear homes. They all produced income. You could, you could do that loan, right? You do appraisals, inspections, look at the leases, blah, blah, blah. 75, me, yeah. 75 to 80% loan to value. Yeah. Easy, right? Yeah. Somewhere around 6% two months ago. Well, actually, you know, if you're 70% loan to value, depending on an LTV and your credit score, yeah. you, could, you could be in the fours. Oh, really? Okay. And that, and that wow. product. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. So now I come to you and say, you know what? I still have 10 free and clear homes. They still are rented, blah, 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 blah. Uh, can I get a loan? And the answer is no. Not right now. Right. Not right uh, now. But I like what you're saying. Cause I actually, I, I had incorrectly assumed that this is like not going to come back. But what I hear you saying is the market has shifted. Liquidity drew, uh, uh, went to zero or near zero. People are scared, but it sounds like people are, you know, with what the fed's doing, and you know, creating that liquidity back that this might limp back, or at least you're hopeful, it sounds like, that this may come back in a month, six weeks, eight weeks, because it's good business. Uh, but we've got to figure, I just wonder why rental loans have been called out versus fix and flip. Is it the term that's the problem, right? You don't want to have money tied up for seven, eight, 10, 30 years, where fix yeah. and flip is still good at sub a year? Yeah, and I think there's, um, I don't work in the capital markets, but sure. but there's different buyers for the different products. Yeah. So, you know, um, like, uh, fortunate for, for, for our group, we have huge commitments from, right. from huge, you know, institutions. buyers, yeah. right. Institutions. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get market share in, right. in this kind of movement. And, and so what's, what, what always happens in business, right? There's always these, everybody's doing amazing. Everybody's bragging how well they're doing. And then all yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden the reality of life kicks in and everybody gets scared. Right. Cause yep. we're like, well, I only have this much in my bank account. And what if my tenants don't pay on my 15 doors that I own? Right. And, yep. and I'm making the, and I have to debt service all that stuff. Right. That's the real situation right now. Yeah. And the problem is, is that the, the social media and the news, they put this message out, you know, forbearance agreements, or you don't have to pay your rent, uh, the government's going to step in. And then that's the thing to do, right? Like, oh, yeah. I don't need to make my rent payment for three months. Even if they can, mm -hmm. they're going to stop doing it. It's the same thing in the foreclosure market of 2007, eight, nine, right? What happened? Everybody was doing it. So I'm just going to walk away from my house, even though I could make the payments, right? Mm -hmm. If they did it, I'm going to do it. And that's the same mentality. That's the herd mentality that's going to happen. Uh, which is going to cause a lot of stress, right? If you're not, if we're not stress testing our rental properties and really what we should have, we should have is, is my, my good buddy says, you need, you need to, you, you need to build an FU wall, right? 
um, anyways, uh, it, it's true, right? Like if you're in real estate, you need to have 12 months of reserves for each property set aside, really. I mean, ideally, if you could do that, you have nothing ever to worry about. Mm -hmm. But the majority of uh, real estate investors live by the, you know, the shoestring, right? And we're just leveraging to the hilt and then something happens and then there's an 80% shakeout, 50% go bye-bye and 50% survive, you know, mm -hmm. with damages and then 20% are untouched. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's what always happens. And we, we seem not to learn from our mistakes. And, and uh, I mean, I got my ass handed to me as I've talked to you about in, in prior meetings with you. Yeah. But, um, you know, this time around, I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's two types of people, one that just buries their head in the sand, the other person that actually takes action. And it's just about taking action right now. And, yeah. and, and, um, you know, I, buying this property, do I have fears that I'm, when I close on it next week? Well, one is what happens if the lender that's funding the loan cans it and I can't get the funding. That's a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is. But the question is, is I close and all of a sudden the two tenants stay in there for the next six months and don't pay rent. Mm -hmm. then, then that thousand twenty-five of rent I'm expecting each month right now is not coming in. So that means yeah. it's coming out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. And if that's happening often to, do, to a lot of properties and I don't have reserves set up, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of a lot of investors right now. Cause a lot of investors just got into the market, right? Cause <laughs> they saw everybody making a lot of money and, and, um, I'm also a licensed real estate broker and agent. I'm a salesperson in Nevada, broker in California. So it's funny when I, when I go in, cause I keep my license active, even though I don't practice that often, Yeah. but it's when I'm going into these new MLS classes, right? Cause I just rejoined the board in Las Vegas and it's like all these new agents, right? It's yeah. like everybody wants to be a real estate agent. We got 18,000 real estate agents in Las Vegas, but but the thing is, is that it's, it's, it's always the same thing in every market cycle. Everybody wants to be a real estate agent because everybody's making money and everybody sees other people. But then the reality of it sets in. If you really look at the numbers, every agent's maybe making and doing a half, a, maybe doing two transactions a year, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's only X amount of transactions in Las Vegas over mm -hmm. the year. And, and really it's only 80% of the, or 20% of the people actually doing transactions. So yeah. it's everything, if you really look at it, is is very similar i mean once in a while you get these crazy things that happen in environments like that nobody would ex suspect but every 10 years there's some kind of catastrophe that creates a downturn in the market it seems dot com yeah. subprime uh coronaviruses right yeah. and so there's always something right. and we just you know going forward we should have learned two or three cycles ago, but if you haven't yet, maybe the next cycle we'll, we'll learn that there's, there's going to be times we need to have money set aside for rainy days. And um, I'm not one to talk because I probably not the best saver out there. Um, but at some point I don't want to wake up with anxiety, right? Like, yeah. and, and so that's what we have to do. Save, save some of the money you know, use other people's money and keep some of your reserves. And this way you never put in these, these tough positions, but I'm looking at this as an opportunity. I'm not getting worried about it because there's no reason to worry um, because yeah. life's going to go on. Um, you know, and, and I think that the, what they're showing now, like the, the, the rate of people that are dying, it's only because they're looking at a skewed number because they haven't tested. There's so many people, that are probably already infected, right? Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it's like two or three X a uh, normal flu, what it appears. 
Mm-hmm. I'm no doctor, but I mean, no. I think at the end of the day, it's going to shake out and that's, that's going to be the the outcome, but I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. yeah. You know, Las Vegas strips completely shut down right now. You know? Yeah. That, that whenever, I think that was Wednesday or something. That was, that was a moment to remember. Right. And oh, by the way, it's going to be shut down for 30 days, right? Something like that. Yeah. I think I, I heard some, something like a hundred thousand people are out of work already. Right. In just in Las Vegas, but I don't know for a fact, I haven't, yeah, no, it's something crazy like that. No, we're going to report a once in a lifetime uh, unemployment claims on Thursday. That's going to be a day to remember. It'll be 2 million, 3 million people across the country, just like that. All right. We've, we, we've, uh, this is the first recession that could be called while it's happening. Um, Cause all the other ones are kind of in retrospect, uh, but we're, you know, this is an investment in human lives. That's what this is. So. It's crazy. I'm actually curious, given you talk to a whole different level of folks that I that are just not in my network. You have you have access to people who are placing money, investing just huge dollar amounts. Um, clearly, some are retreating, right? Uh, probably just battening down the hatches a little. But when you talk to them, kind of off the record, are they? Are they freaking out? Are they like, dude, this is a two-week thing. We just got to clean up some of the stuff and, and we'll be back? Or, you know, is there is there half and half? Half people are freaked out, like a depression is coming, and the other half is like, dude, overreaction, let's go. Because uh, that was kind of what you led off in the beginning, right? One guy's saying depression, the other guy's like, forget about it. What what are what is your network? How's it split? Yeah, so so um, go to uh, you know who Bruce Norris is? Yeah, of course. Okay, just go listen to. He's the one who interviewed the um, the the guy that talked about that we're going into uh, depression. Was that last week's interview? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So listen to that after we get off this. Listen to that. Okay, so I'm listening to that. I'm like, okay, this is this guy's freaking me out. And he and he's got credentials, and he seems like he is legitimate. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, based on what he said, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm, I'm fearful. Okay, yeah. all right. And then I listen to Dave Asprey. Um, the guy that, and he's like, if you really look at the perspective of it, of it, you know, it's the, it's not going to kill that as many people as it. they're putting fear into everybody's mind, but we're going to be shut down, I think, right. In a bigger way. And within the next two weeks, we're going to know how big it is. I think, Yes. you know, um, so I, and then listen to Lawrence Young, the, uh, NAR. Uh, yeah. yep. Okay. He, he just did a podcast somewhere too. I just listened to that. And, and then he, what he said was resonated with me. It's like, the fact is, is people need a place to live and we have a shortage of housing and builders aren't building. That's the bottom line. The end of the day, that's the end. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. We all know that what's going to happen at the end. So, um, but I think over the next six, 12 months, there's definitely going to be a huge opportunity because most of the people that are listening are investors to our Mm -hmm. shows, right? Correct. So, um, how do we prepare how do, how do we weather the storm without screwing up our credit and taking a lot of losses? And then how do we put ourselves in a position to create opportunities, right? So that could be subject to investing. That could be short, buying short sales. That could be using um, self-directed IRA, friend, you know, financial friends, as uh, mm-hmm. Jim Ingersoll says. Mm-hmm. How, how, do we, how, how do we put this all together, all the pieces together? Because at the end of the day, in markets – in market shifts and in, in market fear, when there's blood on the street, that's the opp- those are the opportunities you can make the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I'm looking at it. And I'm also looking at it from a lending 
my my lending experience that I know how to get things done. Mm-hmm. So I know I know we can get your loan done still. And when everybody's running to the court, I'm going to have a clear path that hey, I'm going to I'm going to get market share because I can help people. And the difference between me and a lot of people that are in the lending space is that they're not buying and burying properties. Some of them are, you know, college kids that have never bought a property. So it's like, you know, when the money's rolling, anybody can quote a rate and term, but at the end of the day, there's certain little things when you're buying properties, things to look at things to like, okay, are you look when I, when I'm working, talking to a potential borrower, I'm like, Hey, like pass on this deal. Okay. Like if it's not a good deal, I'm going to tell you to pass. Now, if you're stubborn, I don't, I'll help you get the loan. But if I'm watching too many people buy deals that they shouldn't be buying because they're, they're speculating on uh, yeah. a future value. Yeah. So, here, you know, we know each other pretty well, right? So um, for the last nine months or so, I've been screaming from the hill that multifamily has been overpriced and people were doing skinny deals. And again, I put my money where my mouth is. So I sold some of my bigger units in the last nine months and just kept the cash. Um, I think most of the blood in the streets that both, or at least that I see coming is in commercial multifamily, five units and above. I believe most residential loans are fixed below five, 30 years. I believe, F, I believe most of those are FHA or Freddie Mac. They will get forbearances. I do not see much pain at all in the residential owner-occupied single family market because people need a place to live. We will eventually be out of quarantine. Nobody's going to pay the mortgage and the Bank of America has already said they'll give it to you. But the skinny deals in multifamily, when you don't have reserves and you bought it at a four cap and an eight cap market, oh my God, you're going to get crushed. That's what I think. I, I, I like that. And I think, I, I, th- I think where I see the damage gonna, that's going to be done, it's, it's, the, it's the investor that was buying probably, you know, a five to a 50 unit building. Um, and they, they acquired the property with not agency debt. So they don't have long-term debt. They have like a bridge loan, right? They, you know, went in those people, because the problem is, is that at the end of the day, their pro forma is not going to, it's not going to function on year two and three, like they thought. Right. And so, which, which then they're not going to be able to get the right leverage thinking, they're, they're speculating or they're assuming based on their pro forma numbers that they're going to be able to take, take those loans out with the agency debt. Yeah. And they're not going to be, they might be able to get 4 million when they needed 6 million. So now exactly. how are they going to, how are they going to get the $6 million? They're going to have to sell short to an investor with deep pockets and can ride the market out. You're exactly right. That's what's going to happen if I had a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where the pain's going to be. It's, it's people who were, uh, th- I have actually on record saying it. That's why I love doing these interviews because it's all recorded. The value add multifamily investor who was looking to frankly overpay with a skinny deal with the thought of refining later. Sorry, not going to happen, right? You're not going to get to the, you're, you won't be able to hold long enough to get to the agency debt. Uh, and then if you could, it, you're not going to get the money you thought you'd get. Well, yeah, because they're on their performance. They're they're saying, okay, we're gonna over the next year, we're gonna have a hundred and fifty dollar bump to rent, right, each unit, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna get that. They're actually gonna get a decline. So that means their pro forma is gonna be crushed, right? If they're expecting yeah. on their hundred unit property that each door is gonna be raised over the next two years, they're gonna be at a hundred and fifty bump on each property, and now they're at actually a hundred and fifty decline on each property. 
right? What does that do to the, the value of the property? It's going to be, yeah. yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, that's going to create an opportunity within itself for, for people that are experienced multifamily mm -hmm. syndicators, right? They're going to go in and pick these up now because right now, most multifamily syndicators aren't buying right now because well, let's hope not. I feel really bad for the LPs in this equation, right? If you're an LP, a limited partner, and a deal that was funded in the last, I'll even go back two years. You're you're not going to get your preferred returns for the next six, probably this year. They're gonna if you're a smart operator, you're not paying preferred returns the next three quarters because you got to conserve cash. You have no idea what's coming. And it's probably going to be more like the working class apartments, right? Like the yeah. kind of like the, the B minus C plus type apartments, because those are the, those are the, those are the workers that are going out and now they don't have jobs because they're bartenders, waiters, they're working at uh, stores that are shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, so that the higher end multifamily probably won't be as affected as much because those are probably high paying salary jobs. So I would say the B, the B minus C will be affected more, but I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. If I had to make well, assumptions. Yeah, I'll let you know by April 15th, because that's kind of what I own, right? C plus B minus stuff. Uh, I actually did a video, what if, about a week ago, what if my tenants don't pay? So just to net it out quickly, about 30% of my income is Section 8 or other kind of, you know, federal or, or state assistance. So that stuff will show up. I'm 99.9% .9 sure. Then it's going to be a question of, you know, how many other people, you know, do the right thing. Do they get this mindset because they're talking and nobody's going to pay? Pop, maybe. Right to your earlier point about what happened in 08, right? Hey, my neighbor short-selled and didn't pay and got to live there a year for free. What about this? You know, uh, we're, going to see, we're going to see if that kind of herd mentality takes over. Um, but, you know, again, to your earlier point about the FU wall, I am really glad that I went and laddered up small multifamily and paid off a bunch of houses. So if this gets really, really nasty, I'll let everything go except for the stuff I own free and clear, right? Okay by me. Uh, I certainly don't think it goes that way. We can go a full year, um, no problem. But I mean, you could, you could certainly, if this goes the depression route, you could certainly squint and go, ooh, let's, uh, let's not go that way. I mean, this, this could get weird. Yeah. I I'm still, I don't know. And, you know, I, I don't, we don't know really. I mean, if, if I knew I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you, I'd be on a beach somewhere yeah. um, with my hot wife. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so I, we can only do what we can only make assumptions based on an educated guest by listening to really smart people and yeah. then come to our own, own conclusion. Of course. But all I know right now, if I had to give any advice to people like myself that are investors and, you know, aren't that liquid mm -hmm. at the moment is to cut, cut the fat. I just went through and I have all these tools I use like sales navigator and, you know, MailChimp and I'm paying 80 bucks there, hundred bucks there. Cut some of that out. You don't need it right now. Yep. And then go back to the basics. But also too, is that in times where we start panicking and getting fear, we stop working right now's the time that you double down. You work harder than you ever worked before. You work out every day because it clears your mind and, and you just fight through because it, um, I was, uh, my wife's from Mexico and she speaks Spanish, a little bit of English right now. She's learning very quickly. She's a school teacher in Mexico. So I take her to, I drive her to English class every day and it's in downtown Las Vegas. And in this section, and this is what I do every day. And some days I'm having a bad day when I'm driving to work and 
this section of town is it's there's a lot of homeless there because there's homeless shelters um at this uh church that we take english class at and um I always see all these homeless people and I go, you know what? My life isn't that bad. You know, we are so blessed people. We, right. Like we're all so blessed. I, I spent the day yesterday on YouTube, like studying different things I wanted to learn. I can just go to YouTube and learn anything I want. So there's no reason that, you know, this virus is going to be the end of us. Okay. I mean, there's no reason we have Peter Diamandis. He's a really, you should Google him. He's like one of the best thought leaders in the, in the world, I believe. Um, but he just posted something. He says like, we have the 200,000 of the best scientists and doctors working on this together right now to, to figure out this vaccination and figure out how to, we're in good hands right now. Um, although, you know, there's so much bickering with all the political stuff, put that aside. At the end of the day, we're, we have people out there, doctors, and first responders, you know, that, that we got we to gotta applaud their efforts when everybody's bitching about all this small stuff, um, you know, like getting, hey, they took three rolls of toilet paper. Let's, let's focus on, on, on ourselves. And, and also, this time is a perfect time to reflect. I, I went out for a walk. I never take walks. But what do you do when you can't go to the gym? You can go take a walk outside. Get some fresh air. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Hang out with your family. Spend time. Spend time studying. Um, spend time like, you know, doing a financial blueprint of where you're at now and where you want to go do stuff that you wouldn't normally do in times like this. And you're going to be good, but, but it is interesting times. And, and what I've seen in my lifetime is that when the getting's good, everybody is like so excited, right? It's like everything, everywhere you go, it's real estate, this real estate, that, and it almost gets me sick to be honest with you, even though I'm in the business, I run a a real estate investor club. But then when the negative comes, it just pours the same way. It's like there's no ever, there's no happy medium, right? Everybody, it's either doom or it's either, you know, um, thriving or like doom and there's no medium. So you got to take like the reality of it is. And like during the downturn in 2007 and eight, nine, I remember just how bad of an experience I, how it felt to me, you know, like I just, everything was so negative and how and and like i had no positivity and that was part of the problem if i would have taken my head out of my ass right and started buying more properties during that 2009 to 2014 window i would have made millions of dollars right but we were too busy feeling sorry for ourselves oh i foreclosed on six houses i'm you know i'm a failure you got to learn from your mistakes i mean I'm sorry. I, I wasn't handed a golden ticket. I made mistakes <laughs> in my life. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, people that are listening to your show, right. What, what's, what's the common trait most of us have that listen to things to improve our lives is that we want to get better. We want to yeah. learn. We want to figure out how to crack the code to become like, go from an average middle-class person to like a financially free person. And that doesn't mean millions of dollars in the bank. What it means is, is reoccurring reoccurring revenue by owning rental property that's for me would be managed by somebody else so i what i have to do is manage my my uh property manager and that's my job every month and at the end of the day that's my goal over the next five years to be in that position and so we have to now's the time we have to like go get it yeah i like it well, Bo, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again for stepping up and do this in less than 24 hours. It was an important topic uh, to get out there. And uh, I wish you nothing but success. And uh, congratulations on being a newlywed. Thank you very much. Appreciate right, it.
Yep. Thanks.